Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning. You belong here. I'm shooting this video right now on my porch, getting ready to leave to Denver, Colorado for a retreat. By the time you see this video, I will be coming back this day as well. And it is my joy today to introduce to you someone who I was on a panel with two years ago at Flavor Fest. And when I got a chance to meet him, boy, the authenticity oozed off of the stage. The microphone, his presence was powerful. He's a pioneer that planted an inner city church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that helped people get jobs through entrepreneurship, um, helped spark uh, hip hop, young kids, disciple them up and coming. Uh, he's got a powerful story. Life was transformed from a life of being in gangs to Jesus using him to tell the good news all across the world. I want you today to give a warm City Life welcome for my friend. It's an honor that he's here today, Pastor Troy Evans. What it do? How y'all doing? Everybody good? What up, family? Man, come on, go get some hugging over here. Air hug, come on, give me an air hug. Come on, what up, family? Man, it's been like, a, a, I don't know, like a year and a half or so. Been too long. What, Jerome? Hey, I said it earlier in the first service. Like, man, dude left me with the mic. Man, what's good with that? What's wrong with this dude? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I am, I am, this is like, like a home away from home. If you've ever been um, to, to the edge, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, this is just, it just I just feel like natural and all that. I feel like I could just put my, you know what I'm saying, flip-flops on, walk around the house, you know what I'm saying, just chill out. And then we do what we do. Man, um, I, I, man, this is a church that we steal from all the time. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We steal your ideas and we do them. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to create all that stuff. Y'all go through the pain and spend all the money and we just, we just take it. <laughs> so we just want to thank y'all for that. Uh, man, but honestly, like every time we get a chance to talk, I'm just, I, I, and, and I, I want to make sure you understand, um, God, God has given me an opportunity to travel from here to countries that um, somebody with my background should never be able to enter into. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, all over the U.S., different places I go, people are talking about this church. My job, one of my jobs is I do urban church planning for North America and England. Um, and I'm telling you that I go into churches, exegete those churches, develop strategies on how to, be mo- to multiply. And I'm telling you that y'all name come up about what does it mean to do church. So <laughs> I said this earlier, like, so if you're thinking the grass is greener on the other side, you better take a good look. Because it's typically perspective. Because it looks real green until you get up on that dead, dirty grass and realize that people, people, and people messy. You feel me? Right? And in this church, is God is doing something. So don't, don't, don't pee on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> what up, though? <laughs> Man, uh, I, got, I got a couple things I wanted to. Uh, I get a chance to pastor a church called The Edge. And I just wanted to, I, I haven't been here in a minute. And so I, I just, just really, literally wanted to give an update to let y'all know what happened. The Edge is an acronym. Um, we don't preach about nothing else. We don't talk about nothing else. We don't do nothing else. Um, and that is, we do only do evangelism, discipleship, spiritual growth, and holistic empowerment. Um, and God has uh, uh, really allowed us to do that, and, it, and, it's, and it's very difficult. Multi- the church looks just like this, multi-ethnic, multicultural, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, but we, we decided that we would do something uh, in, in the midst of the urban hip hop culture to, to go and, uh, and, and be and do what we can in our little corner. I'll just give you just a couple of highlights of, of what God is doing. I'm really proud of, of it to see a bunch of young cats do what they do. I travel, I'm, I'm typically gone maybe 15 days out of the month somewhere in the world doing something crazy. Um, and they, they run the ministry, I don't, and which is dope. Um, uh, but something that they're doing is like, you know, schools of hope. 49% of kids in Grand Rapids don't graduate from high school. 70% um, of kids in our schools, in the school right next door to us, of do not read at the basic reading level. And we just feel like maybe God cares about that. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the fact, you know, United Way says that if a kid is not reading by third grade, they're pretty much probably almost seven times more likely to end up in prison. Facts. No, look it up. United Way research. It, it's facts. We think we should do something about that. So imagine 45 shorties coming into the church. As soon as they step their pinky toe in the church, right, they start quoting scriptures. Teachers walk them over. And then to know that by God's grace alone, that we're the number one finance program for the school. Um, so those kids, oh, yeah, every one of those kids, every one of those kids um, are at least one grade behind in their reading, and 70% of them by the end of the program are reading at least at their reading level by the end of the school year, So which is, which is, which is God's, God's work. So that, that I'm really proud of. Um, um, so church planning stuff, I think there's a picture that didn't come up, but uh, so I, I, I went, um, we do a lot of stuff all over in the U.S., and we go to urban settings and, and develop uh, infrastructure and, and strategy for urban church planning. And so I was sent over to England to go and, and do some stuff. Man, I didn't know there were so many black people in England, first of all. Goodness. I'm walking in, I'm like, and these dudes like, hello, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's your pay? I'm like, bro, like, that was the, come on. But then they're, they're like, they're like Caribbean British people, so it's like this this dope accent, you know what I mean? And the grandmamas get it in, you know what I'm saying? In the kitchen cooking it up, you know what I'm saying? The Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? Spices. I'm getting hungry. Like so, like and so, I'm, I'm going over here, going to hang with these cats, and I did a did kind of a um did a tour across the country, um different places, and just casting vision for church planting, which by the way is the most effective way to reach lost people, according to um, Lifeway Research and any other research you can find that's actually valid. Um, it's the most effective way to reach lost people for Jesus. It's like, well, wait a minute, what should we do about that? What should we spend on human and financial resources? Maybe on the most effective way to reach lost people. Ta-da! So he said, let's do, do some church planting stuff. And England did the tour thing. And this, 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 these people are second generation Caribbean folks. And in 40 years, they haven't planted any churches. So the church is dying. And by God's grace alone, what you see is that this, these Caribbean folks, and now working with the Church of England, the Anglican Church, we're seeing them talking about planting churches like this, <laughs> where all people, all walks of life, they actually love their city. But here's what's dope. All urban churches, all across this thinking country, and those right there are the leaders. The girl that's standing right here, the young girl, she, so we do residencies, church planning residencies to get young cats in early. So she spent three months with us and messed her up real good, and we sent her back. So she's coming back. We're working on her paperwork now so she can come back and spend two years with us and mess her up even more because he, she's the head of the denomination. He's the head of church planting. She's second in command of church planting for England, and she's 23. 
right? So let's just got, uh, God's doing some stuff. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and dive in, um, is uh, so God has sent me some artists from time to time, and I bump into these artists who 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 end up like just like just just being coming out of nowhere. Serene, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like the, have you heard this dude flow like rap? Like legend. Like, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Like straight up, like the ability to go and do what God has called them to do is is insane. Why is counsel like these cats are dope? So God's always, for some strange reason, always connected me with that level of talent to be able to call friends and, and, and in our case at the edge, call my sons. And so this rapper is like Beacon Light. I don't know if you ever heard Beacon Light. Stephen Malcolm, maybe you ever heard Stephen Malcolm, right? So Stephen was dominated, dominated for four double wars this year. He's, he's up in my basement, right? So he's my, he's my son, literally. Mark Evans, my nephew. Like, sure goes on and on and on. You get all these cats and you get them all together, then what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Uh, we decided that it's, we, 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 we're more concerned about them being men of God than being men on the stage. And so, like, how do we get it in? So we developed an IMG, Infinity Music Group, to, to develop artists, mind, body, and spirit. So we do work on the practical things of how to develop a strategy for marketing and doing all this stuff and do all, we all that great stuff. But we're really concerned about discipleship. These dudes are getting in weekly in discipleship groups, learning how to grow. We're all over the country, all of us traveling all over the place, but getting in on a weekly basis, stopping and pausing. I ask that you pray for them. And then we also hold an event on the 30th that you are welcome to come to. Last and final thing, I got some books out there. Um, my publishers make me say that, so go get them. They'll be very expensive plate holders. Okay, go get you one. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Daddy, we thank you so much for being good. Even though we don't deserve Jack. Lord, forgive us for being entitled brats, acting as if we earned this. Lord, as I've traveled and just went place to place, and Lord, knowing and, and knowing and seeing people that have had, that can't, that can't, um, they can't worship you freely like we can. Lord, forgive us for walking in here anytime we walk in hardy like this is normal. Lord, forgive us for our consumer-based thinking. Lord, delete anything that I think I know and, and inject me with your divine understanding because I'm fully aware that I suck, you're awesome, and I desperately need you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, my background is a little bit eclectic. Um, you heard in the thing thing, you know, I was involved with gangs and stuff like that. When the, um, when the vice lords came to, to, to Michigan, um, a general moved to, to Grand Rapids, recruited a bunch of cats. Um, uh, it probably been the Grand Rapids version or Michigan's version of the main 21, if you know anything about that. Um, so it, it, was, it was about 20 of us, 20, 25 of us, and then they did that, and so I... Gangs and drugs and got caught in the grand jury investigation, prostitution and all that crap. And then I became a business owner and a corporate dude. So you take those two together, that's me. Doesn't make any logical sense, right? But then there's another layer of that, right? So I am officially the most black Cuban you ever met in your life. The most African-American Cuban you ever met in your life. See, I was raised by, uh, partially raised by a Cuban man. You know what I'm saying? I cook like a Cuban man. My culture is probably more Cuban than it is African-American, actually, because I was raised up through this household. Then I'm African. Um, come from a long line of slaves. Facts. Princeton, Tennessee. 
I can take you to a place called Shelby Plantation. My family, blood. I know the, I know the history. I know where the name Shelby came from. Because also running through my veins is Choctaw Indian. Choctaw Indian. I'm, I'm, well, my great-great-grandmother was half Native American. And on the other side, my other great-great-grandmother had the blood of our slave owner running through her veins. Half white, half black. So you're looking at a weird dude that, that has this, what scholars would call the theological quadrilateral, which means your worldview, your, your life experiences, what you read, what, you, what your traditions, and all the stuff, all that makes up who you are is very eclectic and it makes things weird, conversations weird. It makes the conversation about freedom get really sticky. Because for many, it's like years and years and years and years and years and years and years years ago, this and that happened, but not when you step on the soil that your blood and tear, that you know your great-grandmother would rates. You can, we can still walk up to the house. It's covered with bushes and, and, and stuff like that. You can still walk to the house where my family was on the porch. Maybe this will make sense in a couple of seconds. Stick with me. Eighteen sixty-two, December, eleven p.m. 1159, slaves all across the United States sitting around, awaiting, sitting and waiting, waiting with great expectation because apparently the emancipation, the proclamation was something that was put in place and at 12 a.m. then the slaves would be free. And then what we know later to become Freedom's Eve was birthed. Because what's happening is that from 1159 to 11 to 1201, there's, there's this difference that was going to happen. You'll be free. Twelve oh one hits, dudes looking around like, huh, are we free? Of course, you would think that it would be free. And later, churches, black churches all over the United States would have these similar services, and it would, became what's known as watch night service. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, after you have this service all night long, you pray into the New Year's, and you pray, and you're thanking God for what he did and what he's going to do. That has a deep historical roots. Because the people were waiting and awaiting freedom. And of course, freedom happened, right? After the ink dried, black folks were free. Well, 1930s and 40s, we know about cats returning back from the war and dudes couldn't even get housing because of redlining. I fight for my country. I'm free, right? Freedom to live where you want. 1954, 
Brown versus Board of Education. <laughs> I can go to school and segregation, and I can do what I do, right? Free! <laughs> right? Still fighting. 1964, Civil Rights Act. Freedom that I can actually get a job and not be discriminated strictly because of my religion or, 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 or my color of my skin. Free! Free to vote, right? Right? Voting Act uh, uh, 1965. Freedom! Of course, after 1965, everything was good. Freedom was there. Equality was there. No, 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 no. Remember 1968, Dr. King was shot down for those exact same freedoms. Just talked to a brother out in the hallway and I asked him if I can share this. 1969, he's in Vietnam. Latino brother. So he goes in there, ready and ready to fight the war, sat with his brothers in arms. They're sitting over here. They're right over here. They, got, they think they understand and fully comprehend who's the enemy. He's sitting over here, and he walks into his thing for the first time, and then a group of white guys took, all, took his uniform. He said, who got my uniform? They said, we do. They start calling him names and saying stuff about him and saying the stuff, and he said he, he basically had to fight them. And he says, he, did, I'm gonna give, he beat the dude down and, said, and he basically said, like, I'm going to give you your uniform, but while we're out there on the ground, you better watch your back. So imagine, so he just told me, he told me I can share this. He said, I'm going through PTSD because as I thought my enemy was here, but there was an enemy in the camp that I had to watch my back the whole time on both directions. So you can be in a multicultural, in a multi-ethnic church, but the person sitting next to you may hate your guts. Mic dropping. Is there freedom? I think our identity in Christ is rooted in our understanding of freedom. I think just as much as we have a misunderstanding and the theory that the stench of slavery is gone, we have the same misunderstanding as it relates to Christianity. It's because there's many walking people that's acting like you're free, but the reality is that you're still walking in bondage, yet you're worshiping every week. So we're going to get real for the next 20 minutes or so. We're going to talk about freedom. We're going to define freedom. We're going to run through a few scriptures, and I'm going to be out of your way. Is that cool? Thank you for the four people that says, okay. <laughs> You're awesome. The rest of y'all suck. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, the first, uh, okay, three points. The first one. Woo, it's a big one. Uh, freedom ain't never free. Let's read this. John uh, 8, 36, it says this. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I think what we typically do, because we're good, really good at what's called isogeting, not really good at exogeting, but isogeting meaning like we take, in, or more so like proof texting, we take pieces of the scripture and we like it and we make it t-shirt statements, you feel me? And we forget the other part of it because the rest of the other part invades our entitlement part of our consumerism. But the reality is that we go to this latter part is that you will be free indeed. We make songs about it. Free! You're free! He's free! Everybody's free! 
Everybody has freedom, but we forget to wrestle with the reality that somebody died for this. I have no idea. Anybody here serving military? Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. I have no understanding. I wrestle with it. I have family members. I try to understand why would you do that knowing you got dudes like me. Dudes like around, walking around, walking around so free and act like everything is good. Meanwhile, you're willing to give your life for this. AKA walking into church and, and doing life in the middle of the week and forgetting that someone died. Probably because we're scared to talk about the, res- the death, the death, the brutal murder of Jesus Christ. That someone paid the cost for your freedom, bruh. Someone has already paid the cost. Sit in there for a minute. Let's not jump to daisies and roses real quick. Let's sit there just for a moment that someone was marked for you, bro. The greatest love that someone can do is to offer their lives for you. Jesus died for our sins. Means he sacrificed it all for me and you. Oh, that sounds real elementary, doesn't it? When was the last time you sincerely thought about it? That someone was murdered for you. I'm from the street, man, and um. I know it's like to have guys under my leadership. At one time, I had about 70 people under my direct leadership. Three of my brothers were shot. One on my mother's porch, one across the street from my mother's house, and one across the street from my grandfather's church. Because Castle County killed me. I threw sleeping on my, literally, on my, at the bed, the foot of my bed, to ensure that I was safe. I never walked with anywhere less than five cats with me, nowhere, protecting me, willing to get their lives for me. I have no idea what that feel like, though. To know that somebody's going to spit on you, somebody's going to turn their back on you, you know this. That they're going to have other gods before you. You know this, but still offer your life. I had a chance to go to Israel. I'm going to tell you these lame discussions and debates we have in America. Nobody's debating in Israel about the existence of Jesus. It's just historical facts. They're not discussing this. <laughs> he walked those streets. He dies. A historical fact. <sighs> Some of you are already uncomfortable. I wish you'd move on. That's the problem. <sighs> no, sit there. <sighs> Colossians one. <sighs> For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom of his dear son. Here it is. Who purchased our freedom and forgiveness. He rescued us. He purchased. He paid the bill. Point two, 
Freedom is not the license to wild out. There's a statement, uh, uh, Lesser Crowley, um, um, Satanic Church, the Church of Satan, right? There's a statement. Uh, he stole it. It's Nazi thingy, but anyway. But it's, it's a statement that goes like this. Do what thou wilt, which is the way of the law. Anybody ever heard of that? Lester Crowley. Look him up. That is the statement. That is the tagline for the church of Satan. Meanwhile, we've, we've accepted, like, yo, I'm going to do me. <laughs> let, let me take Christianity and let me shape it into my likeness. Based on my family traditions, my family culture, whatever it is, let me shape it and let me do what I want to do. Forget what kodash or holiness looks like. In fact, that's a bad word. In church, you can't even say it because, like, no, we don't want to talk about that. That means you're, you're, you're about works. Like, no, 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 I'm, the, I'm about the Bible. Thanks for the one on man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, wherever you are out right there. What makes us think that it's okay to abuse grace? Somebody, that's why we have to start with the premise that someone else died for us to abuse it. Anybody got any, un, no, I'm not going to ask you that question. Anybody got any children that act ungrateful sometimes? Come on, y'all got loud up in here. <laughs> Wave ministry, we need to pray right now, like. They're ungrateful to forget that every hour, they're like, bro, I, yeah, I want these. Well, I don't even know the latest shoes out there, but like, I want these shoes. I heard some shoes at $300 or something like that. I want these 100 they only 150 uh, I make $20 an hour. Do the math, cuz. You mean you want me to work six hours, seven hours, seven hours and 15 minutes so that you can get a, so, yeah. Man, give, hey, won't, I'll tell you what, won't you give me, consecutively, won't you give me, I'll give you a dollar for every push-up you do. <laughs> the deck of cards, bro. I'm sorry, just a joke. <laughs> this just comes out. It doesn't give us a right because somebody else died for us. It doesn't give us the freedom to do whatever we want to with them. You buy a brand new pair of shoes, and you just that day you just run out in the mud. How would you feel? How would you feel? Well, I come from it's a whooping about to go down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I'll just stay. I'll stay on track. I'll try. Man, no, I won't. look. This ain't got nothing to do with the notes. Man, I come from, man, my mama, you know, my whole family, they're in the fighting, right? So, we, I mean, like, mixed martial arts, my mother, mixed martial artists, all my brothers, everybody, you got a little brother, the, 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 uh, did I mention I was raised by a Cuban? Did I mention that? Yeah, so the Cuban guy I was raised, uh, his, my little brother, his name is Kid Chocolate. Uh, he's a boxer, pro fighter, world champion, 20, 30, 32 fights, 28 wins, knockouts, um, one loss, one, one uh, thing. So, he's pretty good, right? So, we were raised going to pride boxing, Jim Floyd, and all them. That's where we went. So I can't imagine. My mother literally, I mean, she, she do leg kicks, bro. Like, I'm talking about full leg kicks, bro. My mother, she, she has, a, she has a, her, 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 her martial arts, is, is she has a karate belt, and she used it, right? And so I couldn't imagine walking in telling my mama, shut up, or I ain't doing it, or, or just sit there. She tell me to do something. Bro, you about to catch it. Knee strikes. Like, huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about, like, like I'm talking about, 
Link strike. Huh. So I don't know what y'all. You better thank. You better praise the Lord for what you got. All right, back to this. That was important. <laughs> well, I don't even know what we was talking about, but I better drink water so I can get back on point because I have no idea. Um, the thought of my mom was like, give me fear, like, <laughs> say her name, like, you know, like, I can't put my top on. <laughs> anyway, by the way, I've never raised my voice at my mother day in my life. And she was sitting, she's at church, I, I talk about it all the time. Not one, day, probably because of the other reason, but I've never raised my voice at her. When I feel like I did, I could. That's when I left the house at 16. It's only room for two adults in my mama's house. Yours too. All right, let's keep on going. Um, here's a Galatians 5. We are talking, at this point, on point two, we're talking about freedom is no license to wild out. So here's Galatians 5.1. It says this. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For the sake of freedom, he set us free. He says, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, a.k.a. don't wild up. He has set you free. So don't wild out. He has set you free. It is 11.59. You are on your knees and you're praying and you've asked for freedom. And now it's 12.01. He's saying, don't go back to 11.59. You have received freedom. So why go back and get back locked up? We got to go there. Some of us know our family is prone to alcohol and drugs. Like, bro, why are you playing with it then? You know, I can have a little sip. No, you can't. I don't care what your culture. I don't care what. No, you can't. Look at your family history and tell me how that worked out for them. I'll wait. I'll wait. See, some things are permissible, for, but some things are flat out stupid. That's in the Bible, you know, permissible. <laughs> some things you can just look at the moral impact of it to say, like, bro, because nobody's having discussion as they do with alcohol or with crack. You know, like you know, saying in the Bible, it didn't say nothing that you can't smoke crack. No, no one's having that discussion. You know, if you just take one, you know, what I'm saying I just want to, I just want, I need just to mellow out and just chill out after I get off work. I deserve that. No one's having that discussion. But when you look, when you look at the social implications, I'm one of three. I have, I have fourteen aunts and uncles. Aunts and uncles, I'm one of three men in my family that's not addicted. Let me rephrase that. That's not addicted to drugs and alcohol. I'm addicted to violence. Um, it's the same dopamine that's released. The sense of feeling high. That power that you feel when you know you can do great bodily harm and it's no matter, no, they can't do nothing about it. That feeling, if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It almost, it's Tita Tata's bully feeling. I'm, I'm addicted to that. 
It'll be stupid for me to even play with that. So I remove myself from environments that I know that's conducive for me cracking your head, quite frankly. If you know that you are, you know that dudes have been players throughout your whole family, having multiple women cheating and, and looking and doing all that stuff, bro, stay away from it. Run! Run! What are you waiting on? It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a game and you're playing and, and you're just doing it. No, 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 no. Bro, you know you like to watch the booties. I'm just gonna be 100 with you. You know, come on. Come out there. You know this. I'm saying, but then why put yourself in an environment? Run. Look stupid when everybody else is doing like, doing like look straight. Resist him. This is raggedy, carcass, flesh. Beat that thing under subjection. See, I do with a lot of artists. Myself, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, I'm in other countries by myself. No one there. Hotel to hotel. I forget what hotels I'm in. No joke. I have multiple cars in my pockets. Going hotel to hotel. Do you not? Don't get it twisted. There's temptation everywhere. It doesn't matter that you're a pastor. Panties, come on. Tossed. Trust me. I run. I flee. I run because I ain't that strong. And you ain't either. You ain't either. This is the last service, so we're going to chill. I'm never going to be invited back. That's okay. Look. Okay, so two weeks ago, I was in London, right? So I'm in London every other month. I mean, in England every other month, and uh, which, is, which is crazy. Um, man. God is good. If you got felonies out there, don't let nobody tell you no garbage. I got two felonies in a high court misdemeanor. Got caught in a grand jury investigation. And your boy in country, I got stamps that no person with felonies should ever have. You can do it. Don't let nothing get in your way. I use my book in universities all over this country. I ain't never graduated. I ain't never seen eighth grade before. I fell in seventh grade three times, bro. Don't save your excuses. Surrender to him. I forgot what you're saying. Anyway, let's go. Man! I told you I feel like I'm at home. We just having family conversation. You know what I'm saying? So we freestyle it with it, you know. Um, here we go. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Despite popular opinion, you were not created to be sinful. If you were, then God would be, have to be the author of sin because you were made in the likeness of it in, in his image. Why in both services nobody responds to that? That is the gospel. That is the angelos that we've been waiting. The good news that you do not have to be in bondage because you were created to be free. You were created not to be in locks and chains. It's because of the fall of man that depravity ushered in. You were not created to be in bondage. You weren't. That is freedom. You don't have to be that way. My daddy was that way. My cousin, you don't have to. I hang with too many murderers. I started to believe I was a murderer, bro. Believe cats come up missing. And that's what I'm supposed to do. 
But when you get a hold of that, like, wait a minute, I was not born to be a murderer? It messes you up when you believe this stuff. And it changes your life. You're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. I didn't cover this verse the last time, but let me just cover it really quickly. In Revelation 2, um, it's, there's this name, the Nicolaitans. Um, Revelation 2, it says this, nevertheless, um, verse 14, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold the teachings of Balaam and, and the, the, who taught Balak in, 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 to entice the, the Israelites to sin that they ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. immorality. This research Balaam, the, 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 the teachings of Balaam, if we can get a, a moment, is just abusing uh, some freedoms, you know, uh, uh, using money and all, all kinds of stuff, just get into that. But here, here's what I want to get to. Likewise, you also have those who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Let me explain to you really quickly, if you research the Nicolaitans, what you'll find out about them is that these were dudes that knew they had grace. This is West Michigan. I got the statistics, and I can bore you with them if you like. West Michigan walks around, and it's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're saved. We're saved by grace. And it's, it's this, like, whole movement. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. Somebody pay for that. You start with that premise, it messes you up. We're saved by grace, but then we become abusers of that grace by, like, I'm saved by grace, but I'm going to do what I want to do. The Nicolaitans were abusers. They knew the way. They understood the way. They fully comprehended, but took that and twisted it so they can do what they want, which is the way of their law. Just because we're saved by grace does not give us license to live life the way we want to do it. I almost want to call this freedom under restraints. Because go out there and bust somebody's head, and let's see how that freedom works for you then. Stand up, bro. Hey, what's your name, bro? Tone, stand up. Right now, any one of y'all, I'll give you $50 right now. Go knock his block off. And I'm going the opposite direction, because he's going to tear up this, thank you, bro. He's going to tear up this whole section with your body. Tell me how your freedom worked then. Your consequences, they're, they're, your actions, I don't care what freedom and grace you're running under, there are still natural consequences for what we do. And there are still spiritual implications and ramifications for what we do. We were answered to a God, a living God, who only desires quadas, which means, which is holiness, which is sanctification, set apart for God's purpose. That's the only thing. Uh, 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 be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what I'm saying? Be transformed. It's because the reason, and be set apart, be sanctified. The reason for that is because it's your reasonable act of worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2, in case you want to read it. It's the least that we can do. That's what we're created to do. Last one, and I'll be done. Freedom is a choice. 
Have you ever met people that you talked to them five years ago, four years ago, three, two, one years ago, and they're doing the exact same things that they were doing five years ago? And they have the same opportunity to grab a hold of grace as the next person, grab a hold of transformation as the next person. There are some situations that cause, make it harder. But as soon as you start to believe that your story is getting in the way of you experiencing freedom, you better look to the person next to you because their story will tell, prove to you that it's possible. It is possible to experience freedom in this life and not waiting until heaven. Right now, you can experience freedom and what that feels like in this earth. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful despite all the stuff that's happening in my life. All the stuff, whatever. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So despite what we think, God is still ultimately in a true definition of sovereignty, which means God is the man. <laughs> He's in charge. He's created this space where he still, he's still in charge, even with us going through our stuff, that he's still not going to allow us to go through things that's more than what we can handle. So we can't get any glory for it. He's still in, in charge. He's still in control. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, right, you have a choice. When we are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can enter it. So when things happen, you have a choice. As soon as it starts knocking at his door, you have an opportunity. Let me get very specific before I close. Very specific, when porn enters into the space, bro, you know the things, not just men, I'm talking about women too. I know the statistics. I can boy with you with them if you like. I'm saying when it's him, when it peaks his little head, you have an opportunity to say no. And if you're, if you're a Christian and have embraced Jesus Christ truly, not just mouth, lip service, but truly embraced him, then you have what's called the paracletos, which is the Holy Spirit. Which you, you can listen. And he, and he's speaking. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to yield? Because it, he will give you an opportunity to be like, nah, bruh. Back in the day when I was traveling, when I first started, again, sexual stuff is not my thing. It's just not my thing. But I'm so, I was, I'm so annoyed that I'm like, hey, could y'all do any, I go to the hotel, I'm like, could y'all do anything to kill any, any, uh, any, any of those sites or, or, or I don't even know what it is, like the, the channels, sex channels that come into my, to my room, could you, could you kill them? Could you, could you tell them, don't, don't send, whatever, whatever you got to do, tell them, don't send them my way. In London, there's this new thing. Kids are getting points. This is in London specifically. Kids are getting points. There's a, 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 a rap style called Grind. 
It's grind rapping, right? These dudes doing some grind rapping, telling these kids, you get points when you stab cats. And depending on different parts of the body, you get points. So they send me this message, the dude that's already annoyed, I'm like the hawk, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm already like annoyed when I'm around a bunch of people and all, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm looking around like, you know what I'm saying? Like, give me three feet, don't walk up on me too fast. I'm, 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 I'm serious, I'm dead serious. And then you tell me that these cats are walking downtown London and they stabbing cats. No, bro, you got three feet, right? But then they go to this next level. Check this out. You get extra points when you throw acid on somebody. Right? No, like they, they walk around and they throw acid on people. That is the new, new thing. So what do I decide to do? I decide like, man, well, maybe I like to explore the city. I make a decision because I know me. You come up within three feet. I'm already paranoid. You might have a, have a whole aisle of knocked out people. I'm just being real with you. Because, because I'm like, man, I'm just, don't get in my space. I'm annoyed. I'm saying, what is yours? Is it sexual sin? Is it money? Is it career? What, what is it? Then set yourself up. I wouldn't even leave the hotel and wander around as much. I made a decision. Like, I, no, I'm not leaving because I don't, I don't want to be put in a position where I have to do great bodily harm or be harmed. I'm laying my drawers out here. What about you? What do you need to do? Because he is giving you a way out. Are you willing to walk through the door? So freedom in Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Freedom is yours for the taking. Here's the irony as the worship team comes. Is that as they were, do you know that people after freedom was pronounced to the slaves, that there was freedom available? Do you know there were people around the country in different places that didn't get the news that they were free? The slaves did not get the news that they were free. So they were walking around still in bondage as if they were still slaves. Didn't know. AKA church. You may be coming up in here every week. You may have been calling yourself a Christian for the last 30 years. But you may still be in bondage. So I'm going to ask you to do a self-evaluation. Don't, don't get so all cocky and haughty like you got it together. That's where we mess up. You're in leadership position and you got this and you do whatever. I just laid my stuff out here, y'all. I travel the world sharing the gospel. That's what my whole life is about. So it ain't about your platform and what you, none of that. I'm asking you today, we're gonna pray. I'm asking you to dig deep and keep it 100. Do you need freedom from something? Between you and God, what that's about for now. But when I leave here today, you can't act like no one didn't tell you. Rock past. Rock past. Rock past. With your eyes open, awkward, don't you do an internal assessment? Like, where am I for real, for real? Forget what I'm telling people. 
Forget what I'm running off at the month about. See, I was a vice lord. The vice lord represents the five-point star. If I walk into a set and I ask you, like, bro, run your lit. Understanding Christianity, you can just say what you want to say, but then you don't represent. You're not living what you're saying. We call them studio gangsters. So I'm asking you the question. It's an opportunity to experience and really represent what you say you represent. Are you going to take it? It's yours for the grabbing. Freedom. So I want to pray. Daddy, we sit here as your kids, broken, messed up, in desperate need of freedom. One camp never accepted you truly. Other camp accepted you, but have our own form of Christianity. Practical atheist. Regardless of the situation, Lord, we need freedom. We need to be delivered from our foolishness and being stuck on stupid. Only you can do that, Daddy. We seek your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.